everyone. Welcome to JoJo's World. Good morning, people of the world. Bonjour tout le monde. Konnichiwa, motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. Today we watch the, um, did not check the number on this. <laughs> We're off to a great start. 33rd episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders, which is, of course, as you can tell from the uh, numbering of this podcast episode, the 59th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and the 9th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Part 3, Stardust Crusaders, Season 2, Battle in Egypt. Cool. It covers chapters 207 through 209 of the manga. Oh, that's not that many chapters. That's the same amount of u- as chapters as usual, Nikki. Hmm. I want to just uh, take a note at the top of the show to acknowledge that uh, we are in a new recording space, the new JoJo's World World Headquarters, the cupboard in my new uh, bedroom in my new apartment. I am less than a foot away from a leather jacket right now. It is exactly the sort of professional atmosphere we needed. So I'm pretty sure it's either going to sound much better or much worse than usual, and we'll find out. (laughs) We have no way of knowing. (laughs) We could have done some more thorough testing, but I wanted to try to... Fix that audio issue that occurred in last week's episode instead. You know, it's give and take. What would you prefer to have? A new recording studio or not terrible noises? I sure hope the terrible noises have stopped or it's really going to be egg on my face. <laughs> if they're still there, I'll just blame the leather jacket. That's the key. Patent leather. Patent leather? Mm, okay, fine. I'll blame the patent leather jacket because it looks suspicious. Nick, yeah? Alessi part two. Go on. Preliminary thoughts on the episode. Um, yeah. It, it was. It was certainly an episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it has distinct high points and low points. No. No, I think it was all just one big blur of existence, really. Like, not much actually happened this episode. No, it was mm. very compressed. It was very, like... A lot of long silences to uh, fill time. It wasn't even a matter of, oh, this thing has to happen for this next thing to happen. It was just, oh, well... Some of them, were, some of them nope. built tension appropriately, though, which was nice. Some of them were smart. Mm. Sure. Even for kids. But then, uh, yeah, other bits, just nothing happened. Just nothing happened. Although we did get the best scene of, you know, any JoJo's moment. <laughs> Which I think we'll get to in due course. Oh, yeah. The episode starts in a weird way where it goes sort of seamlessly from the previously on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure sequence right into new stuff without... Because often you would do the previously on them, then cut to the OP or... Anything to separate previous yeah. from now. Because we were just watching, like, okay, yeah, this will happen last week. Oh, hang on, wait, this is this is new now. Yeah. Right, I should start paying attention. This doesn't seem like something that happened last week. Yeah. But it tells me that it was. Because we go seamlessly from uh, Alessi's set's shadow axe bearing <laughs> down on Polarev's face. Into hitting. Into chariot uh, coming out and trying to block it, but now he's too young and weak. Mm. And uh, he tries to catch it, and he gets beaten up, and he gets pinned against the wall by the wrist. And, of course, Lil Polnareff's wrist gushes open with blood. Lil Wee Polnareff. It's like how uh, in Archie, in the Lil Archie series of spin-off comics, they always referred to him as Lil Archie. <laughs> Why would you refer to him as Lil Archie? Because he wasn't the big Archie who you don't know exists yet. Uh, all right. So he's Lil Polnareff. He's Lil Polnareff. Lil Pol Pol. Mm. And, uh... You know, he he sort of had a moment to collect himself uh, after their sudden exchange of blows. And he's he's going, uh, huh, where's that lady gone? That lady you, you was You remember here. the lady? Yeah. Who she, kidnapped and sexually assaulted she was, me? She was there. There was a definite moment of her being there. Yeah, she's gone. Yeah. And meanwhile, Alessi is sort of 
you know, we don't, we don't, it may not come as much surprise that I'm not a big fan of Alessi. But I gotta say, what? I gotta say, okay, all right. credit where it's due, mm-hmm. dude is killing it with the poses. <laughs> this episode is filled with good Alessi poses. Yeah, and sort of weird, almost sort of um, Tex Avery cartoon style body um, m- morphing. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of footage of Cuphead recently, um, mm-hmm. which is sort of, you know, old rotoscopy style animation translated to a very hard looking platform shooter game. A good modern shooter. Sure. Um, I mean, that's wrong in both senses because it's just deliberately going for a very retro aesthetic. And mm. my identification is, is a flawless. platformer yep. instead of a shooter. Yeah, um, yep. flawless. Where was I going? Oh, yes. And he sort of, as he's being terrifying, his body seems to contort in similar ways to those old cartoon characters. Mm. Very fluid. Yeah. So anyway, he's uh, he's glowering down over Polnareff and laughing, and uh, he gives all this one-liner. Oh, this. Yes. It's it beautiful. Like, Did you say the shampoo is singing your eyes, Polnareff? Well, if it's that bad, I'll wash it off. As he picks him up by the scruff and plunges him into the full bath. Mm, that is a good one-liner. Then followed by him saying, very thoroughly. Yes, I'll wash it very thoroughly. Parentheses, I'll drown you, Polnareff. <sighs> we were so close. So close to a good one-liner. <laughs> he just had to gild that lily. <laughs> So the OP happens. Nope, not that one. Nope, not that one. That's an ad. I don't know what that is, Nick. No, neither do I. What? Anyway. It's the same as usual. That one moment where it's like, ha, 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 ha. It's still really hype. So much aura. So little time. Yeah. And we didn't really observe anything new in it this time. No, I think we basically digested enough of it to go, yeah, we've... We've Until completely identified it. You know, we get to more sev- more significant points. Yeah. And then suddenly, oh, it's that thing. That, that means that. What? <laughs> After the OP, Polariff has this little mon- little internal monologue as he's drowning, being like, ah, my arms aren't long enough because I'm a kid. If my arms were long enough, I could poke his eyes out. An apt observation. But my arms are long enough to pull out the plug in the bath. Being a child, I'm probably afraid that I'll get sucked down the plug, but that's better than being drowned by Alessi. <laughs> And also an apt observation. <laughs> Unless he's... This this little sequence is so weird. Like, it's good in the sort of like... They're, they're deliberately going for sort of... Unless he's meant to be very threatening because he invokes the feeling of being scared by something bigger than you when you're a child. Mm-hmm. But... And it works. And I... Hate it. No, I, I have a very complicated <laughs> opinion. Like, I don't like it, but I think I like that I don't like it, you know? It's... Okay. Effectively eliciting a negative emotion that it's trying to get from me. Yep. Okay. So it's not it's not a pleasant watching experience, but it's obviously what they're going for and you know it kind of works in a attention building sense. Okay. I didn't have that problem. I just thought it was pretty funny. Right. Okay. <laughs> Unless he still choking Polnareff and drowning him, moves his hair to plug the hole. <gasps> that flat top betrayed him. Oh no, this whole time, the one thing that he held so closely to himself would ah, be Ah, Polnareff, if I plug the drain with your hair, can a point, that's going to be a filthy drain later on. <laughs> you know, when you see a drain with oh, like yeah. hair sticking out oh, of it, disgusting. Yes. Oh. It'll take longer for the tub to drain, maybe five to ten minutes. <laughs> I wouldn't think it would be that long. I mean... I would have thought if he's plugged it up with all of his hair, it would just stop. <laughs> like well, hair is a porous, a porous uh, membrane in a. I guess, but then it wouldn't even move fast enough for you to notice that it's going down. 
You know, Maybe it would take like five to ten minutes. This is also polnerous hair we're talking about. We also got a fun shot of um, Chariot on the other side of the room, just pinned to the wall by the axe still impotently reaching out uh, to Polnareff trying to save him. The axe axe. And it's interesting sort of how much personality he has when he's a child compared to when he's an Wait, adult. Silver Chariot? Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's been beat out of him when he's an adult. He keeps getting attacked <laughs> by oh, people. Yeah, the, the, the adult world has uh, removed the childlike expression from his soul. Exactly. That was the metaphor that Araki was going for yeah. all along. This is before Polnareff has been, you know, driven to despair by the death of his sister. Exactly. Uh, he has to deal with rent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the tax he, man's on his back. He has a friend who can fit how many cigarettes into his mouth? All of them. Oh my god. How embarrassing it must be to witness that when you can't do it yourself. Now, Polnareff, this is what it means to be utterly helpless. Oh, I'm definitely not getting off on this. Yeah, it was a bit weird. And for a moment, it almost looks like Polnareff is starting to get off on it too. Because yeah. his his face is overcome with an expression of relief. As we we learn that he does what any enterprising child would do in this situation. He just uh, shits the bed. Just shits himself. Shits the bath. Bad. Yeah, just real bad. Yeah. And we see, we, we get a lot of close-ups on this poop. <laughs> which I think has been turned pure black by censorship and not really? artistic design. I mean, I thought it was just brown, but okay. I don't want to examine the poop. Um, <laughs> it floats up and it touches Alessi's arm and he's like, No, it can't be. You didn't. No child would think to be no so... No adult. No adult would be so indecent about themselves. And Polnareff kicks it into his face and he's like, No, this smell. You did do it. Oh. And, and so... He, he lets go of him and rears back. And he's just disgusted at the fact that he's got shit on himself. Yeah. So, really, the moral of the story here is that if they're ever in trouble, just shit themselves. Yeah. That's it. Like what a dog would do or something. Yeah, Iggy would do it. Yeah. He rears back and lets go of Polnareff, and Polnareff managed to get that precious life-giving air that he craves. <laughs> he needs it to live, Liam. Don't you have any decency as a human being? A main character would never think about doing that. Oh, that's tricky, because oh. he's a side character. Supporting protagonist. He's a supporting main character. He's not on the minor characters Jojopedia page. It's like true. the lady that Polnareff is now looking for. Mm, where is the lady, by the way? Well, they're looking around, and, um... Polnareff's looking around, rather. Where is she? She was right here. I didn't even hear her scream. What's going on? <laughs> Sucker. You better watch your step, Polnareff. And so should I, or we might kill her. So Polnareff looks down to where the lady's dress is. Mm. And uh, he hears... He sees tiny kicking legs. Yeah, like tiny kicking legs. And a tiny little... <laughs> sound. And she's been turned into a, a tiny weird fetus. A, a very small fetus. Yeah. And Alessi tells us that uh, my set's power is to de-age you when you touch its shadow. Uh-huh, yep. You noticed in an instant and jumped away, so you're like seven or eight years old if I had to guess. That's, I'm yep. very good at guessing children's <laughs> ages. But she was in contact for a number of seconds, so now she's a fetus. Uh, okay. She's not in her mother's precious life-giving womb, so she'll die in a bit. Oh, well. Uh, okay. And she did this because she tried to take care of you. It's your fault, Polnareff. Uh, no. No, 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 no you definitely can't not. defuse no. that responsibility, Alessi. Yeah, you did this. Yeah, no, you're the one who de-aged her. So. You're the one who reached your shadow hand under the door with an axe and just sort of waved it around her for a bit until she turned into a fetus. You're the one who caused all of this. You sick fuck. Or, as Polnareff calls her, her? As Polnareff calls him, scum. Scum. Oh, sorry, scum, not scum. Shut up. 
And again, the shadow stretches out towards Polnareff and he grabs her and leaps, but he touches it for a split second again. <gasps> now you're gonna get even younger, Polnareff. Maybe like four if I had to guess. Again, I'm very good at this. Uh-huh, yep. I'm sure you just had to guess, didn't you? He runs away and we get another one of those fun... They, they, they've put a lot of care into Alessi's running animations. Yeah, I noticed that he was very much more fluid than what he normally is. Yeah. Um, Polnareff is running, he's holding that woman's dress in front of him containing the fetus and mm-hmm. he's four now. So, sidebar, Polnareff is naked for almost the entirety of this episode. It's kind of weird, but we don't really, you know... Would we have it any other way? We don't really see much from this point on. He's what, like four now? So, yeah. Uh, whatever. He's a kid. I'm tired. <laughs> he's a kid. <laughs> he's a kid, Nick. Yeah, he's a kid. Anyway, uh, he's running and she he's chasing her. He's chasing them and swiping... He, he, he's chasing them like a big, I don't know... Tex Avery cartoon wolf. <laughs> that sort of body language. Yeah, smashing against the wall with his yeah, massive waving, hand. Yeah, waving his enormous Hulk hands. <laughs> Just being like, fee fi fo fum I'm gonna grind your bones and make my bread, Polnareff. Hey boy, get over here! What's that? Uh, that's just an angry middle American? I don't know. <laughs> Alright. You know, he's basically just going after him like he's a small ant. I have to beat him or she'll die. I've gotta beat that old creeper as soon as I can. She was so nice to me. That's why I've got to be fast. Mm. The Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, young Polnareff, big fan of Sonic. (laughs) So he goes pretty fast. Why are you running around cradling that dying fetus, Polnareff? Whoops, here goes my shadow again. If I had to guess, you're probably like three years old now. Bro, you gotta stop with the de-aging. And now your mind will soon return to a three-year-old state too, and then you'll be fucked. Uh... Three-year-olds can't plot against me. Spoiler alert, they can. (laughs) Otherwise, this would be the end of Polnareff. Yeah. Which it isn't. Polnareff runs into a, a room and locks the door, and he's like, Ah, I've locked the door. Can I escape? No, there's bars on the window, and they're too sm- too strong for Silver Chariot to cut them with his rapier. Mmm. Or epée. Epée? foil, whatever the kind of sword he has is. Uh, a stabby. Yep, not a cutty. Not a cutty. No, no, no. <laughs> if, so, it was a, if it was a cutty, he'd be able to cut through the and, and the bars are too close together for him to fit his three-year-old giant head through it. Mmm, mmm. Even as a kid, he can't get through. Couldn't even throw that fetus out the window to save it. <sighs> that poor, poor fetus. Now... I just want to talk about this room for a minute. Uh-huh. Because it doesn't really draw our attention to it, but the contents of this room is really weird. Look, I thought it was basically a jail cell. Yeah, it's a lockable, a lockable door. Yep. Iron bars on the window. Mm-hmm. On the high, small window. Very S- small. Stone walls. Yep. A mirror. Yep. No carpet or anything. Uh-huh. Just rock. Yeah, a bucket. Uh-huh. A teddy bear. Uh-huh. A clock. Mm-hmm. Which we only see br- moments before it's destroyed. <laughs> There's also... And a fish tank. Yeah. Or an aquarium. Ah, very nice. As the, as the scientists call it. And a... What do you call it? The oh, thing that it's standing yes, on. Yes, a, a table. A table with a drawer. Hmm. There was something on the left. A broom. That's right. I don't recall seeing any brooms, Nikki. Oh, all right. Okay. I'll say there's a broom. Okay. <laughs> Broomgate. Tweet it at JoJo's, at JoJo's word on Twitter with hashtag Broomgate. Tell us if there was a broom or not. <laughs> there was never a broom. It was just rumours of that damn Dio. <laughs> yeah, he, he goes in the room and Dio's in there and he's like, oh, what are you doing in this woman's house? What are you? He's like, she invited me in. Who are you, kid? You look a lot like, <gasps> oh my had God. To take, had to take shelter from the sunlight. <laughs> but the sunlight's getting Oh, hey, Alessi, how's it going? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Polnareff's looking around for somewhere to hide. I can't break the windows, blah, 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 blah. And we get a... what? It, it has got to be a reference to uh, The Shining. By it S- has to be. Stephen King. 
Stephen King. Yeah. That's a very weird way of saying Stephen King. As our favourite our favorite character in this episode, the axe, <laughs> bashes through the door. What a champion. What a hero yeah. of this episode. And uh, Alessi sticks his face through the... Through the hole. Yeah. Here's Alessi. Licky, Faded. licky, licky. Yeah. Apparently that that's a reference to Johnny Carson or something. Yes. But it's just been subsumed in popular culture as a The Shining reference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because, I mean, that was the thing. is like his Johnny was Johnny Carson. Yeah, yeah. But then everyone that saw The Shining wasn't old enough to know who Johnny Carson was. Yeah. Like us. <laughs> I have no idea. Hmm. Yeah, but he's, yeah, he sticks his face through and he starts, like, licking. He's like, lick, 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 lick. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. And with his terrifying, like, wolf face. <laughs> Man, he really is hungry, like the wolf. He oh. manages to bust on in and the room is silent and empty. Huh. Huh. That's odd, because Polnareff was literally right in here. Yeah, and there's bars on the wi- windows in this woman's prison cell, so how would he escape? Um, he wouldn't, because it's impossible, obviously. He goes, at first, unless he assumes, oh, he must have gotten out the bars, I'll take my axe and smash them open and pursue. Wait a minute. That's what he wants me to yeah, think. Yeah, he's trying to trick me. He's probably waiting somewhere nearby to get the drop on me. That's pretty impressive for a child. And then overlaid on his face, we see the various things in the room that he could be hiding in. An upside down bucket, a bear, the drawers on the um thing under the fish tank. I don't know any child who could fit into drawers. He's like three years old. Yeah, still. He does have a very big head. Yeah. Although it's probably mostly hair. <laughs> He gets into the drawer, puffs down the hair a bit, just yeah. goes, ah, it's a perfect fit. <laughs> yeah, so that's a cool shot. And I also like the shot of we see Polnareff just in a dark space, sort of quietly sobbing to himself. Mm, just waiting. Yeah. Biting Very vulnerable. It works. Mm. I think he could be in the bear. No, that's just what I want you to think. And he's in the clock. And we, we realise that there's a clock probably two metres up the wall. Yeah. One of those uh, pendulum clocks. Mm-hmm. And he smashes that with the axe and he's like, no, he's not in the clock. How would he have even gotten up there? <laughs> I just love that he realised that after seeing the clock. Yeah. Then he's in the bucket. Cuts the bucket in half. No. Not the bucket. Then he was in the bear after all. It, it's not the bear. Then the drawer? No, no it's and not the drawer. He just kind of freaks out and starts smashing shit for a bit. So he goes ape shit on everything yeah. except the aquarium. Huh. I mean, he can see through the aquarium. It's just got those goldfish and that weird orange ball in it. Yeah, true. So then it wouldn't... Hmm. Huh. Huh. And the walls are ceiling and stone, so even if they were just one centimetre thick, Chariot could not get through them. Yeah. Mm. Certainly not Baby Chariot. Interesting. Okay. And then we hear ominous baby laughter. <laughs> hey, Alessi. What kind of loser is going to lose to a kid in a battle of wits, old man Alessi? Don't know why you're speaking. He can hear voices. <laughs> He'll know where you're coming from. Well, the thing is, he keeps looking around as though he doesn't know yeah. where he's coming from. And that's another one of those things with, like... The manga to anime transition, I assume. Mm, mm. Well, no, because as we find out later, maybe it's just the reverberations. To be, yeah, weird. he is doing that that classical, um, ominous Japanese laugh that you can't tell where it's coming from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a dead spirit now. <laughs> and he's looking around. He's like, the only thing left in the room is the aquarium. And I can see he's not in that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That goldfish. Wait a minute, that goldfish. It, it disappeared. And he sees a goldfish. Swim around an invisible corner. What? And... But that's not possible. Wait a minute. If the goldfish disappeared... And he's, he's getting close to examine it, and the orb in the, um... The fish tank. Yep. Sort of floats closer and turns around, and there are two eye holes cut in it. What? And then Silver Chariot's sword sticks out of it and stabs right through Alessi's nose. What up, sucker? Fuck you, man. 
Even if he's just two years old, Chariot can still fuck up your face. Eh, eh, eh. He's a nerd. And we get, um... We, we get an elaborate diagram establishing how Polarev did this. Yeah, it's almost like one of those like flashcards that you well, get at school. The art style very much reminded me of the drawings in Thoth. In Thoth. Remember? Boingo Boingo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, ish. Yeah. Because not, not quite to that same sort yeah, of the shame, the extent same. of the deformity, but yeah. sort, of, sort of drawing from the same uh, yeah, that inspiration. Sort of illustrative design. Yeah. Mm. And we see that he took the mirror off the wall. We did not know there was a mirror on the wall. Oh. And, and he angled it in the fish tank so that it wasn't just reflecting Eralesi's oh. direct re- reflection. Interesting. And then hid behind that and put his face in the orb where he could breathe. Ingenious. Yes. Only a child would think up something so clever. And it just occurred to me that it is basically the same trick that Arabia Fats pulled with the sun. Yeah, I know. And it would have been neat if Polnareff were pulling from that to, you know, do that dumb strategy. Mm. But of course he has a child's mind and probably can't remember that. Which means that it's even dumber than it was initially. (laughs) Yeah, which means Arabia Fats is just super, super dumb. (laughs) Uh, He swords him in the face some more. He's like, yeah, fuck you, man. I'm a car. I'm a kid. I don't need no adult to tell me when to sleep, bro. Yeah, I like uh, Gogurt. <laughs> I like... You ever heard of this thing called chips? Pump- Bro, I'm all about chips. Ice cream, pumped up kicks. Oh. What else do kids like? G.I. Joe's, Transformers. Oh, man. The Action Man. Anime. Oh, and they love their kids animes. Kids all about anime. Don't know why anyone else would ever watch it. I hear that they all have the Steam account nowadays. Sure. Uh, they're all about um, Let's Players, oh. Minecraft videos. Oh, God, they love Minecraft. You know, apparently there's quite a lucrative market for YouTube videos of people unboxing and just, like, demonstrating playing with the latest toys. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's and the kid, thing. Kids are all about that, apparently. Yeah, no, that's a real thing. I know a whole bunch of, uh, like, YouTubers that do unboxing videos. They'll just be like, so I'm just going to unbox this just so you know what's in it. And then they'll have a separate video for what the thing was. <laughs> you're like, really? Well, I know that like tech unboxing videos are a big thing. Oh, this is they distinct are. from that. Yeah. But that's because they're just like, when you unbox it, it needs to be an experience. Yeah. Like, why? It's a product. Anyway, um, <laughs> Polnareff manages to drive Alessi off because he's a massive coward. <laughs> yeah, Alessi's a bit of a little bitch. Coward, loser. Idiot. Can't beat up a three-year-old when he had a gun and an axe and the magical power to make someone super vulnerable. He literally had everything in his favour and he still loses. Should have brought that gun back with him. What is with these stand users and constantly losing when they have the upper hand? Yeah. God, God, it's almost like we're in some sort of serialised narrative which wants to put the protagonist in a a tight scrape so we can see how they get out of it. It's not very realistic. No. Unless he runs out into the corridor and jumps through the closed second story window into the street. That's how desperate he is to escape from three-year-old Polnareff. To be fair, he's a massive threat. I mean, what's he going to do next? Polnareff's getting super amped. He's like, yeah, I'll get him. I'll attack with my stand until I'm too young to even use it. Fuck you, man. I'm going all or nothing on this one. So he lands on the ground. Thud. And then looks up. And oh no, it's Jotaro. Oh, he's so menacing. Unless he just... Freaks the fuck uh, out silently. Yeah. And we see in wide shots of just the whole scene from the window to the floor and Jotaro, Jotaro folds his arms and sort of cocks his hip and looks down at Alessi then up at the window. In a very, very Jojo stance. Huh. This isn't normal. <laughs> you know, people... What's he say? It's like... Yes. He says, it's not normal to come out a window all bloody. It's not normal to come out a window all bloody. Huh. Unless... Unless... You're a solicitor. Uh. And unless he internally monologues on the floor. Okay, I just gotta... He says, calm down, me. All you gotta do 
Stay calm. Calm if, people win. Yeah, if I am the calmer person, I will win. You cannot stay calmer than Jotaro Kujo. This has been canonically explained. <laughs> He's just hard as balls. You can't outfox him. Wasn't there an entire fight dedicated to how Jotaro keeps his cool under all circumstances? Because I think there you was. You know, I can't remember if there has been yet, but I will tell you there's one coming up. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> um, spoiler alert. <laughs> Polaref sticks his head out the window and is like, look, it's... Oh, hey you, what's your name again? Don't get distracted, baby Polnareff. Just say, he's a stand user. That's all you have to say. Little Polnareff, you just need to say, he's a baby killer. He turned this lady into a fetus and Jodoro will murder the shit out of him. I was waiting for you to look at Polnareff. You fool. So he sends out Set with his little shadow. Yeah, Jodoro does basically... Oh, uh, Polnareff shouts a warning, don't touch the shadow, blah, blah, blah. Jodoro jumps up, but at the last moment... It's basically the same jump that Polnareff did. Yep. And so he jumps up and goes... And we, his, his transformation sounds a lot more painful. He's like, ugh, ugh, my manliness. Yeah, well, to be fair, it's Jodoro. Mm-hmm. If he ever changed, it'd just be like, ugh, ugh. Now you've fallen under my set spell too. I know you only recently learned how to use your star platinum, and that means you can't as a kid. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck you up. So he punches him in the face. Well, no, uh, seven-year-old Tony Jotaro is there, and he's in his oversized clothes, oh, same right. posture, same angry expression on his face. Everything's the same except slightly baggy. Unless he towers over him with his weird body again. <laughs> I've won. Lord Dio, I will kill Jotaro and you'll pay me royally. Die, Jotaro. And we just get a, an aura as little Lil Jotaro punches him in the head. Just whoop. And um, yare, yare. I think, yeah, <laughs> yare, yare, don't underestimate me because I'm a kid. And I think um, out the window, Polyref screams, he punched him in the face with his little kid fist. <laughs> Even though he himself is a little kid. Unless he falls back shocked and... Uh, Jotaro raises his fist to the sky so it's silhouetted by the sun behind him <laughs> and then just unloads on him with the, the classic punch flurry, but this time with his own meat fists. Yeah, with the old hand of God Instead technique. Of his mind fists. <laughs> Even as a child, when Jotaro's serious, he's so strong. Man, I really shouldn't underestimate children. They're the next generation. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's I, I mentioned last week that the way this guy's defeated I, is really satisfying. I think it's just, it's sort of neatly poetic that the guy who likes to pick on kids is undone when he encounters the one kid that he really shouldn't have tried to fuck with. <laughs> it's like 90% of the kids you meet, little assholes. That one kid, he'll but he, fuck you up. Even Polnareff, after being vulnerable for, you know, Half an hour of footage. That's true. Drove him off. Yeah. You know, so he is a bully who likes to pick on weak things, but he's still not good enough at it. He's, he's terrible, not... and it's so satisfying to see him get his comeuppance. It's the only thing that can beat him is a barely competent child. Well, no, because if a barely competent child can beat him, almost anyone can. <laughs> and that's the beauty of the weak, the yeah. beauty of the fuck, asshole. Fuck that guy. Uh, he flies backwards. He... Gets planets spinning around his head again like a Tex Avery cartoon. <laughs> and he, he's unconscious. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but when people are unconscious, they can't use their stands. For the most part. Oh. So um, we get the, that, that classic someone waking up um, camera Eye view. Blinking thing. Yeah, where the yeah. camera blinks and he sits up and, uh, why, who's that standing above him? Hey, that's that's Jodoro and Polnareff. Oh, that's unusual. I thought they were kids. They seem so tall. Oh, fuck. <laughs> 
So they they put they put they're standing over him, glowering, and they call out their stands, and their stands are sort of like grinning manically. Even Silver Chariot, which doesn't have a face. See, the beauty is we remember everything. Yeah. Oh man, you're fucked. <laughs> so they did this cool team attack where it's just like aura aura and stabby stabby at the same time. Yeah. Pow 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 pow. And time then, to make double sure he's finished. So then they hit him so hard that he flies off into space. Team Rocket style. And he's very good. Looks like Alessi's blasting off again. Alessi. Set. Alessi retired. Wabaset. Is it Wabaset or Wabafet? Oh, Nick, I'm doing a bit. Come uh, on. Uh, Come on, keep up. No, man. No can do. And then the informs us Alessi, age 38 and single. <laughs> Blown away and retired. Uh, creep. Good riddance to bad creeps. If only he himself... Oh, and, um, sorry, go on. If only he himself could get younger, because then he wouldn't be 38 and single. How ironic. The only person he couldn't make younger was himself. Man, that is ironic. Oh, yes, I I forgot to mention that, um, as Polnareff was turning the tables, he knocked or cut off his earring at one point. Ah, yes. So now the woman, also returned to her full age, wakes up in her house and is like, Wow, was that a dream when I kidnapped that child? Hmm. No, the earring. It was real. I remember I couldn't move, but I remember he saved me. He was fighting an adult and he was so brave and manly. Where did that brave and manly boy go? Where did that brave and manly boy go? Where did my little knight go? Where did the little knight go? I do like that as a description of young Polnareff, to be fair. Well, a little knight? Yeah. Is it because Sylvia Chariot is in of itself It is a because Sylvia Chariot is because it's a small knight. Sylvia Charietto. Yep. And meanwhile, downstairs, Polnareff is like, huh. She was such a nice and wonderful lady. I remember when she kidnapped me and touched my dick. Huh, she was so kind. I wonder if she's okay. And so she runs out onto the street. They make eye contact and Polnareff blushes. (gasps) Have you seen this boy? He looks just like you. Long silence. Hey, he has your earrings as well. Hey, have we met before? Nope. No, 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 I didn't see any kid. Come on, Jotaro. But wait. That earring. No, we've never met before. You see, we're travellers and we have to leave. And he's being all grimly serious and self-conscious. We've got to get going to the next town. And they're walking off and he says, uh, Don't say anything, Jadaro. Don't do a damn thing. Don't fucking say anything. It's how we all feel <laughs> about... Ref, sorry, um, Jadaro... Su- Actually, I'll let you continue. <laughs> you started so confidently and then, yeah. Um, it's how we all feel about talking to ladies. <laughs> sure, yeah. Just deep down, we're like, yeah, we're brave and manly. And then as soon as they don't, talk to us... Don't make fun of me, don't, man. Don't, Come on. don't do it. Jodoro just silently puts a supporting hand on Polnareff's shoulder. <laughs> it's okay, bro. And then uh, Joseph shows up. Hey, Polnareff, Jodoro, where the hell were you? Where the hell were we? Where the hell were you? We asked first, asshole. Iggy wanders into frame. Iggy, where were you? Nah. Iggy was off on a magical adventure eating a delicious kebab sandwich. <laughs> Man, oh well, at least we can go and get breakfast now. Cut to after breakfast. Breakfast turned out to be more like lunch. They're in a cafe. We're almost at Cairo now. We're almost to Dio. You know what that means we should do? We should use spirit photography to find him. We're close, so it should be accurate. <gasps> My God. Pulls out Polaroid camera. Uh, then begin... Oh, we also get the wide shot of all these people. Well, he has to raise his hand up first. Yeah. And- but what I love is that we get like the full shot beforehand, before he even like raises up Calm his hand. Calm restaurant. Yeah, with everyone there. Mm-hmm. And then he raises up his hand. Smashes the camera yep. while bringing Hermit Purple. And then we get a shot of just him with this smashed camera as everyone behind him is just staring at There's him. There's one man with like li- lifting a sausage on a fork up to his mouth. It was just like, what? Why did he do that? <laughs> the waiter comes by and is like, hey, 
Um, is do you need any help here? And Arthur says nothing. Go away. And I don't know if you recall, but that mirrors almost the exact ex- same exchange that happened uh, in, in Japan. Yeah, in Japan uh, when they were doing spirit photography to show uh, Dio j- to j- Jotaro for the first time. So good. Yeah. So good. And uh, he's like, "Yes, come on, spirit photography, do it. I can see it. It's happening." And we get a really cool visual effect as mm. the um, the image fades in on the Polaroid where we sort of whoosh across half-formed photographic land. As it slowly comes into colour. Of a sort of just a sort of a sandstony looking mansion. Yeah. Domed ceiling. I got a very observatory-esque feeling. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Mm. Mm. It's like got a window on the top with this dome and then two other windows on each floor. And a, a fence around it. You're like oh, a wall. Yeah. It just makes you go, ooh, how mysterious. We figured it out. Dio's at this place. Let's go. To be continued. Just got to find it. Yeah. Last train home. Um, R.I.P. Alessi. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Uh, from this point on, it's all basically pretty high. Okay. All right. So, Nick, um, highlights and lowlights for this episode. Oh, I mean, the highlight would probably have to be Jotaro punching him yeah, in the face. A little Jotaro just going to town on just- that clown. The thing that gets me isn't that uh, it's just little Jotaro being little Jotaro. It's little Jotaro didn't need his stand, mm-hmm. nor did he even bother bringing him out. He was just like... I mean, he couldn't. Oh, yeah, he couldn't. But he just went, hey, man, fuck you. I'm the same Jotaro. Yeah. Or, 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 or directly contradicting the photos of little Jotaro that we saw in Holly on Holly's mantelpiece where he was a good boy. Oh, that was only around Holly, though, wasn't it? <laughs> Impossible to tell. <laughs> he still had his memories. It's fine. Your highlights, sir? Ah, same thing. Gotta be. Okay. Lowlights. Hmm. It can't be the one-liner, because that was rad. (laughs) Okay. I'm gonna go with the poop. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not a big fan of scatological events. (laughs) Scatological events. Mm. That sounds like an astronomical term for some reason. Well, it's not. There's a large scatological event happening in the asteroid belt Mm. right now. The eclipse is a large scatological (laughs) event. (laughs) You see that meteor shower? Scatological. Uh, hmm. So cool because the meteors scat scatter. across the sky. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going for scatter, but I was oh, yeah. to... They scat across the sky. Yeah. The scat man. The scat man. Coming. Good stand name. Ooh, the scat man. I wonder what his stand would be. Anyway, um, I'm trying to think of a, highlight, a low light that isn't the scat man. I want to say it's just how long it took to get to the point where it actually ended. Mm. Because, like... For most of this episode, nothing actually happens. It was kind of a short, a sort of low-paced one. Yeah, you kind of have... Well, you have Alessi trying to kill Polnareff, and then Polnareff escapes, and then you have Alessi trying to kill Polnareff, and then Polnareff escapes, and then Alessi, and then jumps Alessi out of, escapes. And then Alessi escapes, jumps out a window, and then Jotaro kills him. That window jump was pretty good, too, though. It's to pretty fair. good. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, just the pacing was a bit yeah. slow. So, Nick. Yeah? What do you think is going to happen next time on uh, JoJo's oh, Bizarre Advent? Adventure. Adventure. What do you think is going to happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3 Stardust Crusaders? In the episode... Oh, part... Episode. In part two of Battle in Egypt, the episode entitled Darby the Gambler. What? Darby the Gambler. Wait, there's no stand name. Darby the Gambler. Darby. Oh. As in of Arby in French. Of Arby the Gambler. Of Arby's. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, do you feel like, I don't know, like a sandwich or something? Get Arby. America's roast beef. Yes, sir. (laughs) Um, Darby the Gam... Okay, I'm going to say there's going to be some gambling. Um, Darby the Gam... But that's not an Egyptian god, Darby, is it? No, I will tell you that for free. Hmm, Darby the Gambler. So then his name would be Darby. Pronounced Darby. Pronounced Darby. But then 
What if it's just an episode that doesn't have any stands? And then they use stands to try and win in this non-stand contest. They're just cheating. Yeah. Hey, we've all got telekinesis. Let's do it. But then even by trying to cheat, they themselves get cheated even worse. Ooh. Yeah. So, oh, Darby the Gam- Darby the Gambler. Darby the Gambler. Okay, here's what I reckon is going to happen. They're going to go to somewhere that they think has information on where this place could be. Oh, yeah. Some sort of records office. Yeah, something like that. The local library. And then they meet a gambler who will give them the information. Oh, yes. His name will be Darby. Oh, yeah. I get it. So Darby, the gambler, mm-hmm. uh, he'll offer them information in exchange for winning some kind of game. Yep. Uh, and if he, if they can do it, then they'll get the information. But... And is, is he in Dio's employee or is he just a guy who knows things and wants to make some money or whatever mm. his goals are? I reckon he's just a guy because it doesn't sound like he has a stand, but he must have it. He must have a stand then. Okay, maybe he is in Dio's employee, but he doesn't have a stand maybe? That'd be interesting. Yeah. So then he's just really smart. But then I suppose I suppose the threat of failure then is they don't know where this thing is and they lose time. Exactly. But then he's like, oh, well, we can go double or nothing. I'm like, really? Double or nothing? It's like, yeah, sure. Russian roulette. Yeah, pretty much. So it'll just keep getting more and more excessive until, uh, you know, they all lose. Great. The end. And then, yep, they'll all die. Okay. <laughs> Comprehensive prediction. Thank you. We'll see if that's correct next time. Stand with no stand. Got some listener correspondence I want to uh, share with you, Nikki. Yeah! This is from, uh, excuse me on the pronunciation of this, um, Kainoa from Hawaii. Cool. Hey guys, love the show. Been listening to it since I saw it on Reddit a while ago. That hey! It's a while ago. That I is a while ago. I do not post this on Reddit regularly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys were still on Phantom Blood back then. It's a fun time listening to you all. Excited to see Nick's reactions to some of the next couple of, epi- of battles in part three, like Darby, mm-hmm. as well as the next part. Here's a bunch of questions for you guys. Feel free to read these on the podcast if you wish. We will. Does Nick know the names of the other parts? If so, which one sounds the most interesting or mysterious to him? I do know Diamond is Unbreakable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's four. <laughs> what, do you know five? Um, Give me a guess. <laughs> high school's a bitch. <laughs> I okay. don't know. Part six. Part six. The Return of Joseph. Cyborg Monster. Seven? You should know seven if you think about it. Stardust Crusaders? Part set. Wait, part seven. Yeah. No, I got no idea. Okay. But uh, our mutual friends have discussed it with you a couple of times, I believe. Man, this is the one time where I'm glad I have such a shitty memory. <laughs> part se- well, I mean, if part six was Joseph's return, part seven's going to be Dio returns with Joseph. Dio and- returns, and this time he's got friends. Yeah. Cars is back. Or well, finally, is he- part eight. There's a part eight. Uh, Currently in production. Part eight. Fuck it, just have girls this time. Sure. There's no men in the series whatsoever. <laughs> it's a far future, all men have died out, it's just ladies. Liam, are there any stands throughout the series you flat out disliked? Personally, I thought Sky High and Yo-Yo Ma were both lame stands. Um, well, I've made no secret of the fact that I'm not a big fan of this week's, or last mm-hmm. week's. Uh-huh. Or, um, yeah. Uh, in f- terms of future, what's something I don't like? Um... Do I need to cover my ears? No, I'll just say a name. Okay. It'll be fine. All right. Names without context are fine. Meaningless. Um, as you said, I'm not a big fan. Well, a lot of people aren't huge into Yo-Yo Ma, but uh, I don't really have a problem with it per se. Um, similarly, Dragon's Dream can get a little tedious. Dragon's Dream. Dragon's Dream. Hmm. Um, I think there was one in part seven that particularly I didn't care for. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, I found it particularly irksome. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, wired, I did not care for. It kind of grossed me out. And that's that. Cool. Cool. Stands you hate. Not hate, so just, yeah. Dislike. Lastly, what are our favourite stand designs from the anime so far? Ooh. 
Hmm. I'm going to go with Silver Chariot. I just like it. It's kind of streamlined. He's Stylish. Cool guy. Cool guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, hmm. Hmm. Of course, Magician's Red seems like he's having a lot of fun too, as we as we say every time he comes out. <laughs> just a happy go-get-em guy. Yep. Um, I want to say, for a second I just went, what was the stand in part one? And then I went, no, no. that's not how that works. Um, Speedwagon's hat. Yeah, Speedwagon's hat was a pretty good stand. <laughs> uh, I, mm, well, I feel like Star Platinum has grown on me a lot. Just because it's literally just a big buff dude. It's very basic, but it's, it's got a certain charm. It's so dumb and yet so beautiful. Yeah. In terms of future stands, this is getting away from the question, mm. um, just because you, you said Star Platinum grew on you, uh, I really didn't like the design of the protagonist of Part 4 stand at first, but that has really grown on me to the extent that I really, really like it now. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe it's because the main character is some kind of, like, empathizable being. Mm, I don't think it's necessarily that. I think I just sort of adjusted to it. <laughs> you adjusted to it. Yeah. I saw the good in it, and then I dealt with it. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay, and I think that kind of brings us to the end of our episode. Oh, all right. So if you liked the show, you can reach me at uh, jojospodcast at gmail.com or jojospodcast on Twitter. Uh, or if you want to help other people find the show, reach us, uh, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or similar platforms that we may or may not be on. If you know any that we don't know of, I mean, do it. I know of Google Play, but we can't get on that because we're in Australia. Yay. So there's that. Uh, we also have... Uh, the episode's uploaded to our website, jojosworld.net, if you're interested in accessing it without a podcatcher. And I uh, always pick a fun I- image to accompany each episode that I have a, a lot of fun picking each week. Some of them are glorious. Goes without saying, of course, that last week's was that was the axe. <laughs> Which, to be fair, best part of that episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And until next time, to, to be, be continued. continued.